Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. It took me three tries to get that intro correct, but I think I nailed it this time. Daryl never nails it. <laughs> no, I was trying to do it that time. I was like, maybe I'll just stretch it out and I'll get there, but it didn't, didn't really work, I don't think. But... Daryl Etherington. <laughs> a lot of syllables. Yeah. It's a lot. Every week we review a new streaming show or movie. This week we're going to talk about the first episode of The Last of Us. Let's touch on some news first, though. Yesterday, as we record this, it was announced that Reed Hastings, uh, one of the founders of Netflix, is going to be stepping down as co-CEO. I think, you know, a lot of this is executive stuff. It's hard to get, you know, like, I mean, we don't know these people that well, like, Sure. Or what they do day to day or anything. Right. The, the, you know, Ted Sarandos became co-CEO in 2020. And now um, one of the, the company's COO, Greg Peters, has been promoted to be co-CEO with. Why can't they have one CEO at this company? I don't understand. I don't know. That is curious, <sighs> yes. right? It would give me a little pause if I was a shareholder. I'd be like. But maybe they think it worked. Like they're like, we're going with what worked for us. Sure, it recently. worked with two individual people with specific chemistry, and like right. it's all it's all person specific. You can't say like I don't know. I don't have any faith in a company that's like co CEOs is our way standard. Shit. Yeah, and like we'll just slot two people in whoever it makes sense and just hope for the best. You can't have two people in charge. It just doesn't. It's very American of you. It's so individualistic. You can't take I'm not it. Not individualistic. I'm saying like for the maybe I'm capitalistic for the efficiency mm. of a company to have everything debatable. Yeah, at the top. Feels well, two is slow. tricky. Yeah, I feel like they should go back to a triumvirate model. Everyone should go to a triumvirate model, <laughs> like this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Because um, when Ted Sarandos was promoted to co-CEO in 2020. I had assumed probably that what would happen at some point is that Reed Hastings would retire and then Ted Sarandos would be the sole CEO. Sole CEO. So yeah. it's a little bit curious that they're like, oh, no, no, no. We just, we like this co-CEO thing. I think, I mean. Imagine this... being Ted. <laughs> I would not feel good if I was Ted. Like, it's like, you can't handle it on your own. But maybe right. he advocated for it internally. Again, you don't know yeah, that. which is like, then he's like the ultimate snake. I love him even more. Because then he's like, oh, I'm a man of the people. I care about the company. As opposed to like, well, I want to be the king of the world. I think it would be more like, since he's on the content side, he would be like, I don't want to deal with any of this other bullshit. Right. So like, I'm going to get the COO who is ex exclusively his job is bullshit. Business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the important bullshit that's what i mean when i say bullshit yeah maybe yeah. it works maybe and i'm sure they have fine chemistry because it's not like they haven't been working together but i will say i get well i don't get it because i don't know anything about reed hastings i don't think anybody does he's done like one interview in like 25 years but yeah he's a mystery wrapped in an enigma yeah but that danny and i were having this conversation recently about people who are like really really rich like who have just made it and like been to the top of the mountain basically and like, I always think I would like, as soon as I kind of made it to the point where I had enough investable liquidity to make returns on my money, basically, mm -hmm. that I would stop working, which maybe isn't an attractive thing to say, but like, I just don't have any yeah. 
I would like, once you're at the point where you can live super comfortably and you like have some level of generational wealth to pass on to your kids, it's like, all right, I'm just going to spend time doing things I love exclusively. Right. Right. But most of those people continue to do things. Because they love them. Like, well, do they love them or do they just need to get to the next level? Is nothing ever enough? And do you think, which camp do you think Reed fits into? Yeah, it's true. Because I could, I think, um, I think I sublimate that desire with video games, but if Reed doesn't have video games, then he's got to run global companies, right? Yeah, and maybe like w because we've never run global companies, we don't know that that's the ultimate video game. Like, that's there's right. No rush like it, you know. But well, I can I already imagine that based on like that Gerard Butler movie where they're real life people in the video, and they like it's real humans. I don't know. Anyways, Sounds I get like it. It was really impactful. Because because I would play a video game if there's real people involved and be like, oh, there's real people. They're all dying. What's going on? This is great. They're the all best. dying. <laughs> what was it wait, called? Um, wait. Like Let's roll this back. Like <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like that. Gamer. That's what it's called. Gamer. Gamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So should I watch that? It doesn't sound like either of you really liked it. Oh no, You're it was like awesome. I loved it. I don't know. On the premise. If you like schlocky. Gerard Butler action Slocky. movies. You will love that. Like you know, like it's just it looks it's, terrible. It's a light. It's a light entertainment. Let's say, but yeah, it's yeah. It's an interesting question of like also like is there a certain level of money where you would feel comfortable? You know, what what would be sort of the number where it feels like that? Um, I, I think I can say this because none of my coworkers listen to this podcast. But one of the funniest things to me about my current job is that will have discussions about backing people who've had successful startups and are, are doing a new one. And it's like, oh, if they've only made a few million dollars, then they're probably still hungry and we can invest. Oh, We've had nice. similar conversations. Right. Yeah. But if it's like, oh, they made 20 million or 50 million, then you're like, oh, I don't know. They, they might are. just like might piss be... it away and <gasps> decide not to like, you know, oh, I don't really like doing this anymore. I'm going to do I something love that. new. Just I need to know what the money. threshold is for like when you're <laughs> right. I don't think it's like a perfect thing. It's based on personality too. Like yeah. we, there's a founder that we backed that was uber successful financially, but like his company didn't turn into what he wanted it to mm. basically. And we're investing in him again. And like the drive because his company turned into something that wasn't his original vision counts for more than his financial wealth. Right. I think, yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of it is personality. I think, I mean, again, you know, we were talking a few weeks ago about Bob Iger coming back to Disney and, you know, you, that guy does not need any more money. It's, it's all for him about, right. I think, securing his legacy. But one of the problems I think with the money question is like, there's not a perfect threshold because let's say you're worth like $10 million, the circles you're running in, there's someone worth a hundred million and right. they're going to like the platinum diamond executive version of your platinum executive version mm -hmm. and then you're like oh i gotta have that and then as soon as you're worth a hundred million there's some billionaire who's like oh i'm not even going on that i'm going on my own private version of that right or like you bought a home i bought an island and so there's always like the you can always see it there's always someone on above you that you're always comparing to so mm -hmm. And then you become the world's richest man and buy Twitter and your brain just melts and yeah. who knows. <laughs> you ruin but, society. Anyway, going back to Netflix for just a second, and then we can move on, is that um, I do think, you know, 
this has also just been a period where Netflix obviously has really been in flux because they had a, a couple of really rough quarters at the beginning of the year. They've started to recover, but there's this sense a of like, oh, Netflix is not invulnerable anymore. And B, that, you know, kind of wherever Netflix is, that kind of looks like the ceiling for the streaming industry, which is why I think so many of these other services are kind of freaking out right now. I mean, also just the macro economy in general. Um, so I think, I mean, you know, we've seen like new things like the ad tier and, and you know, more investment in gaming and everything. I think you're probably going to see a lot more of that next year too, just because like, whenever you have a CEO change like this, you're going to see a bunch of new shit. Should be interesting. Yeah. I was curious about whether like the, there was anything in like the performance of the ad tiered plan in this, but like, it was it like a, he's got to go because it didn't go that well type thing. But I don't think it's that, right? I think it's definitely like a. No, um, it was probably a personal decision. Yeah, I don't think he's graduating to the booting clouds. No. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, he survived the whole, was it Quickster fiasco? which he was literally the face of because he did the like the actual video like explaining how Netflix was going to split into two companies, a streaming company and a DVD company. And that was like a whole disaster. And yeah, that was came back a from bit, that. much and bigger mess. That's true. Yeah, yeah I, I think that if, if I think actually, if anything, if, if things were going badly, they would really tr like try hard for him to stay because I think they probably have more faith in him. Yeah, to fix it than some other person, but I and it was a good like quarter overall in terms of the results. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, last yeah. few quarters like you've gone back to growth. I mean, yeah. again, not probably the kind of hyper growth or anything. hyper growth of the early pandemic that they would like to see and that they were probably hoping for, but you know, better than than what it was in in early. It's like the same question for a company, right? Like, how much is enough? Right. The answer right. is never. That's true. Yeah. There's no amount. Anyway, let's go to the fun stuff. This yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> All right. So The Last of Us, uh, for those of you who don't know, is based on a game. Um, if you know it that way. <laughs> uh, it's it's it on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode aired on Sunday. And it's um, the creators of the show are, are Neil Druckmann, who also created the game, and Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl. And... Uh, it, it sort of takes place after, or, or I mean, there's a, sort of an early portion that, that kind of takes place um, before the kind of end of the world. And then most of it is sort of this post-apocalyptic game or story where uh, humanity has, there's like this cordyceps fungus that will infect people fungal and, take over and mm -hmm. turn them essentially not exactly into zombies, but something very much like zombies. Um Jordan, I think you, even before this came out, were very, very excited about it. You were talking about how you wanted to do week-by-week -week reviews. You've already seen the premiere three times. Tell us just about why you were so excited about it. So I don't know why I actually ended up playing The Last of Us the first time, but I think the game is important. So it's made by Naughty Dog, and it the original version came out more than 10 years ago, and it's a really, really solid game. It's one of the most cinematic games I've ever played. Um, and it just does so much with emotion. I mean, like you you really feel for the characters, which I think is hard in something like that's very zombie-y or whatever, but they just do an incredible job with character development. And then I heard they were making a second one. And again, it took like 12 years to 
get the second one to market, which was in the last two to three years that one came out. 2020. Mm -hmm. And that game was, in my opinion, even better, although it was more controversial. Basically, the, the thematic goal of that game was to... Basically, the whole first game, you're on the side of a duo of people, an older guy and a younger girl. And then in the second game, you're you play as both one of the people you're you've always been kind of like loyal to and their enemy. And it's like this idea of empathy and understanding in a time when everyone's just trying to survive and make sense of things. Um just fantastic. So for me, as like a dedicated lover of those games, I've probably played each of them at least twice over, maybe three times each. Yes. So for that, I was really excited. I was also very um, pet like skeptical because I think games have not been made into movies or TV shows very well ever. I, I like can't really think of a single good example. And so I was really nervous that they were going to fuck up my baby basically um and i still have some nerves about as we go through the season like how i think they like were very strict about sticking to the source material and only like layering on top of it for this first episode and i'm just curious how strict they are as the season progresses but overall i thought it was fantastic like everything that is changed from the exact source material Everything that doesn't appear in the source material but was added is completely additive hmm. and and good. I can't think of a single thing that that they changed or added that wasn't in favor of the show being better. And um, I'm just super excited. I think it's like fantastic, great casting. I was a little worried about both Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. I just don't feel like I've I've never seen Pedro Pascal do an American accent. I don't think ever. Did he do one in uh, uh, Wonder Woman or no? Yeah, he did. Although he that he did an, an American accent that was very cartoonish. He was, yeah. he was playing a very cartoonish character. Um, Joel I mean, is like a accent- southern, like you know, lumberjack type marine dude, and I just. I was a little worried about that, but he nailed it. He nailed yeah. it. And Bella Ramsey, I was worried about because I just worry about anyone playing Ellie. I just like such a unique character. And the only person I ever imagined playing her was OG Ellen Page. Right. Um, which wouldn't make sense now for myriad reasons, age, etc. Yeah. So um, but Bella did a great job too. There's a scene where she says, What the fuck? And it sounds just like it like almost feels like they just put the audio from the from the game into the show. Mm. It's like perfect. So I don't know. Good stuff. Yeah, I think the uh, I guess like somebody pointed out like the Pedro Pascal has never been in a show with less than an 89% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. so like, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't know. I guess I did. he I was the one I'm I was used like, to oh, him yeah. with like a very like yeah. Although in the Mandalorian, he his accent is I don't care. I, about I, I couldn't exactly place it. Sure, but it's, I mean it, that's an all voice performance. So. Right. 
Yeah. But yeah, I think I I don't know. I I didn't I didn't really doubt that he was going to do well at that, but I think the the part of this that I was more worried about was definitely the Bella Ramsey thing cuz I didn't I was like also I I don't know. I feel like maybe we've talked about this before, but I was sure that was her like character name in Game of Thrones and not her like real name because there was Ramses and there was Ramsey Bolton. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, she did do a good job. I yeah, better than I was expecting. It was something Mormont. Oh, that's right. Leanna Mormont. Yeah. She did a great job. I think most of what my concern is not about them as actors in any way. Although with Bella, I think I was just so attached to her as Liana that it would I felt like it might be hard to see her as anything else. I think it's more just like protectiveness over the actual characters of Joel and Ellie that like felt like nobody could do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, you've played the game as well, right? Yes, I have. But I don't... It's been so long that I don't know that I could identify what changed well yeah exactly but i would because i want to play the remastered one i think probably now that it's i just started it up again for i guess like the third or fourth time in my in the week (laughs) the in the six days between episodes i'm just gonna kind of like make my way through it (laughs) um and you know i mean we can get into it in spoilers to talk about like what actually was different and not but again like the things that are different are magic either a matter of like logistics or again like additive to like you know paint the layers on top of something that maybe was easier to gloss over in right. the game so i haven't played the game at all though i think i absorbed a lot of the plot kind of just through cultural osmosis mm-hmm. um but I definitely went into this not with any attachment to it, um, just curiosity. And and I also thought the first episode was was great. And I think if I had a concern about it, it was more um, one of so you know the the creators have done a lot of interviews in the lead up to the launch, and and one of the things they talk about in relation to um, a lot of video game movies is this idea that the, one of the challenges, not the only challenge, but one of the challenges is often successful video games, especially like very cinematic video games, um, are already borrowing from movies. And so if you make a copy of the video game, it can feel like a copy of a copy of like if Uncharted is kind of like ripping off um, Indiana Jones in some ways, then the, an Uncharted movie just feels kind of like a rip a rip off of a rip off of Indiana Jones. Mm. Um, and that this feels i was like oh is this just gonna feel like the walking dead or or something like or some other post-apocalyptic show right and in some ways it did remind me of station 11 which was which is also post-apocalyptic also on hbo max although it's not technically an hbo show also opens with um you know sort of on like kind of the moment when everything goes to shit and then like jumps ahead in time um but I felt like this, there were like a lot of familiar beats to me at this point of like uh, what you would expect to see in, in you know, if, if you're like in the moment of the zombie outbreak, how people would respond and what and what the story beats would be. Um, like, for example, I think both episodes, both the premiere, even though Station 11, to be clear, no zombies, um, but like both uh, shows, in, both premieres include scenes of like planes going down, for example. Um 
but I thought it was just done so well that it was like yeah. really riveting. And so, and the characters are so interesting that even though you're kind of like, oh, I know where a lot of this is going, it it's it's still like really, really compelling and at moments like really heartbreaking to see it actually happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I didn't see Walking Dead all the way through, but obviously, I mean, there's like dozens of of zombie kind of stories that you can choose from. And there's dozens of pandemic stories you can choose from. I think one of the things that makes The Last of Us stand out or differentiated is like there's obviously there's a motivator plot wise that has to do with the virus or the the infection slash the you know whatever um but the true like story the story you get attached to is one of joel and ellie and how they relate to each other yeah and what they what they end up meaning to each other and it's like just so much more important everything like all the infection post-apocalyptic pandemic zombie stuff is just exposition basically and they're just yeah it's all just like motivator for to drive the action of the main characters but the characters are what you're interested in right and then it's like oh we need some kind of um forcing function to get them into dramatic situations or whatever and that happens to be the zombies which are interesting enough in that they're like unique like it's not just the typical viral infection story but it's like not really like they i mean i think the series does a great job of being like okay here's what it is with their like opening exposition scene which is like off very clearly exposition but also not clumsy um somehow and it's just like here's what you need to know about the zombie stuff and we're done with that so don't worry about it anymore at all like you don't you literally don't need to think about it anymore right um just enjoy the story and enjoy the uh, character portraits that we're painting right yeah although i will say that i'm still at the end of the first episode i still have questions that i want answered about the mechanics of infection because i do think that in any zombie story that's that's important um it's clear it's very clear okay it's can you explain it without (laughs) wait what no we gotta get to spoilers but okay okay I don't we actually can... know if I can, but anyways. <laughs> Wait, can you, the question is, can you explain how the zombie yeah. stuff is plot forward? No, no, no. I was going to like the mechanics of infection. And I, I will say. Oh, specific... I can explain that too, without a spoiler. Yeah. Right. I guess my main question is just, is it airborne? Because that, because yes. I, because real cordyceps is airborne, which is terrifying to me. Part of why it's really right. scary. I've got all the information you need. So there's uh the original planet earth has an episode that has stuck with me since it first came out and i watched the, a youtube clip and it gave me nightmares earlier this week and the opening scene definitely feels like it's pulling from that but basically in the episode of planet earth there is a cordyceps fungus in the like brazilian rainforest or something that ants ingest or breathe in or whatever and it basically takes control of their brains forces them to climb upward toward the sun and then cling to whatever they're at. And then the mushroom grows out of their brain, infecting more and more ants. And that's like a real thing that happens in real life. Right. Not fictional. That is a real biological, natural thing. 
And with this virus, it's basically doing the same thing with humans. And at a certain phase in that process. So like in the game, they say they call them different things. There's runners. That's like a newly infected person that still has most of the characteristics of a human and they're fast and they're loud and they're, they come after you really aggressively. And then there's clickers, which have basically like their brain, like their whole head is basically turned into a mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. And they do echolocation. So they can't see they're not as fast and they like click to see if they can find you or if they hear you, they'll slowly kind of come after you. And then there's like a giant one. Like I think towards the end, some of people can turn into like a giant one that like throws these like gas mushrooms at you that like affect you. Bloaters or something. Bloaters. That sounds right. Yeah. Bloater. And then obviously towards the end, whether bloater clicker, whatever the, mushrooms kind of like burst forth and there are spores in the air okay. right. and then those spores are the airborne piece and they do settle and it's not forever so like right. if you're okay. for, like you know in this episode they go downstairs and they see the one that's like done right. exactly that's what done. i was wondering about yeah. yeah yeah and it's kind of and it, i think there's like a threshold right isn't that part of the if i remember in the game like you can have a, you can be exposed but there's like essentially if you're saturated after a time like then you become infected or yeah so there's an there's a part of the game early on where they go it's a it's supposed to be similar to that trip down through the subway it's much longer in the game and it's basically teaching you the mechanics of the runners versus the clickers and all and the spores and stuff like that and they see spores and they smell spores and then they put on their mask and then they come across a dude whose mask is broken and he's like, kill me because I've been down here too long, basically. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right that there's like, it's not like instantaneous single okay. spore gets in your system and you're done. I think there's like, you've got a, a small amount of time yeah. to kind of. Which that, I mean, that is more similar to viral infection, right? Because it's like a viral load. It's a load. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. As we know, now that we're all expert biologists <laughs> from the COVID Basically, pandemic. yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, well, before we go down the rabbit hole of like, when does it make sense to wear masks or not wear masks? We, I, I would, So I will say the, um, having not seen the, or not, having not played the game, I, I think that you can know nothing about the game, have no investment in whether or not it's a good video game adaptation. And at least from the first episode, it is like a really compelling show um definitely recommend i'm very curious to see where it goes from here um yeah because you don't really know how the story goes no this is perfect i'd be interested in spoilers Mm -hmm. for you to tell me what you know of how the story plays out across the two games sure i won't spoil it for you if you don't want me to but i would just be interested to know that yeah no but we shouldn't spoil the games from an audience perspective because oh that's true yeah yeah this is so we should say that in the in the um, in spoilers, when we get which we'll get to in just a second, um, we'll spoil this episode, and we may take talk in broad strokes about the plot of the games, but we won't spoil anything further from the games be because we respect you too much. Right before listener. before we get to that, I did want to briefly mention that there, I think there are. I agree. I think there's a general consensus: most video game movies are terrible. I do think the original Mortal Kombat movie and uh, Resident Evil are both fun B movies. They're definitely not on the level of The Last of Us, but those are the only right. two 
and of course the watching uh bob hoskins uh, mario super mario brothers movie. of course i do like watching the youtube clip of the uh, and the hitman no. the koopas uh <laughs> dancing on the elevator in that movie because that movie just like, seems like everyone was on drugs when they <laughs> yes absolutely Okay, so if you have not seen the first episode of The Last of Us and you don't want to be spoiled, you should stop listening now. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that opening act in Austin as everything's going to shit. And well, first, I have to say that the opening scene with the epidemiologist in the 60s was like the nicest touch. Like it was that just, was good. It because in the game, there really isn't like a whole, whole lot of science that's described in terms of how this could have happened right. you just know it's fungal and it turns people to zombies and you buy into it that's fine but like that was a really nice opener so that's all i have to say about i think that. It, yeah it really it ramps up the stakes for audience and for everybody else yeah. you're like oh shit this seems super feasible now oh god so yeah and it brings it closer to like our natural for because i think you have to obviously please the gamers who love this and have to get some scenes exactly right and then there's the people who have never seen it before which for them that might be a leap because we've already bought into that world so especially coming out of a pandemic with people who understand mm -hmm. or think they understand kind of like epidemiology in general to say like climate change could allow for something like this to happen and you probably have seen that planet earth thing right. and like yeah, and also it's believable. like when they're like, and there's no, you like you can't treat it. There's no path to treatment in the way there it is for right. disease, right? It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of two minds about it because there is a part of me that does sort of think like explanations in a situation like that for this kind of story don't really matter. And, um, you know, I think that like Night of the Living Dead has you know is the greatest and always will be the greatest zombie story and in that one it's space radiation and sure there are people who enjoy zombie stuff and for them the explanation of how the zombies got there doesn't matter at all but there's a big chunk of people who are like fuck that is so unrealistic i'm not watching a zombie thing they're the same people who are like i'm not watching a vampire thing or a werewolf thing like it's all bullshit and i you can't explain it to me so to ground this somewhat for the those people right off the get is like i mean it is believable it's like right you've been given enough pieces of evidence to get there for this so you yeah know. i i like that i ultimately i do like it and i like it just not necessarily because now i'm terrified that humans will be you know that cordyceps will involve will evolve to infect humans but more just because it's different and it's interesting yeah. And it's based on this real world phenomenon, which is kind of terrifying and unsettling. Um, and that and that scene is great, like you said, also because it sort of sets it up. And then to a large extent, it's like, great, we don't have to talk about this anymore. Mm -hmm. And then also it's great because the like one of the last sentences and he's like, well, you know, we're fine as long as the temperature doesn't rise. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then cut to what? 35 years later. It's like, well, shit, we all know what happened next. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought. I really like that and then i think it's like it's it's interesting too because it sets up like the it's enough to that you don't need to know the inciting incident like when they go through this stuff too because you're like oh i guess it just like they hit a tipping point and then and then it kind of went right like maybe someone we, had the wrong mushrooms in their chicken piccata or something 
so then obviously we, we move on to this section in, in 2003, which I also like that it's not set in the future. It's set in this sort of alternate timeline. And um, you see this teenage girl and her dad, but mostly her kind of going about her day. And there's this like building sense of dread throughout the day. And then, you know, shit kind of goes to hell that night. Yeah. So in the game, which I don't feel like uh, is a spoiler to talk about the opening scene of the game. No, I don't think so. Mm -mm. So you wake up as Sarah in the middle of the night. So that's where the game starts. You wake up as Sarah in the middle of the night. She can't find her dad, which is like closer to 20 minutes into the actual episode. And you go through the process of the neighbors have lost their shit. Let's get out of town. And all of that is basically like frame for frame um of the like escape in the pickup truck i mean they're in like a jeep grand cherokee in the game and instead of because it's set in a different time too right like i think it's like just this is the more appropriate car for the time because that was one of the key changes they made was they set it so that it would coincide like current day would coincide with now as opposed to as opposed to in the game it's yeah well, in the game, it's like the current time is set to now. So it was like 20 years prior or whatever, 15 years prior or slightly in the future. Because the game came out. Yeah, it came out a while ago. The right, game came out in like the, yeah, like 2011 or something. And so they set it to be in like 2015 or something. So yeah. it was like still flip phones and stuff in the Austin scenes. Um, But yeah, the car is different. And then in the in the kind of intense scene, the plane crash was actually like a gas station explosion. But okay. like otherwise, I mean, there's a couple differences, like how Tommy and Joel and Sarah get separated is slightly different in the game. In the game, they're all running away from zombies and zombies are breaking into the diner behind them. And since Joel is carrying Sarah, Tommy says, I'll catch up to you. Like, let me hold this door shut so you can oh, get yes. a head start as opposed to like the crash that separates them or whatever. Um, but overall, it was like similar enough to have those moments of like, oh, I remember that. I remember driving by the like torched barn and I remember yeah, we're seeing the house on fire in the background or whatever. Else, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I think that that lead up with Sarah was really important because basically all you get is the waking up in the middle of the night, the watch scene where she gives the watch and then everything's chaos and yeah. getting to see their relationship and how she sort of takes care of him. You can expand that a lot more and show what a turning point it is in his life losing yeah. her. You know, I, I mean, I think it had a lot of emotional impact in the game, but it was kind of like, I think the, uh, like the standards for what you would require for like emotional engagement is lower in the game almost because it's like oh wow this is like already you're kind of like whoa this is a lot for the opening of a game right whereas in a show if you're gonna have a character on screen for however many like just not that long but they have to have like you have you have to set them up to be like this is the whole motivating force for this other character like the whole way through this has got to do a lot of heavy heavy lifting 
and they did such a good job like they did a great job i mean i think kudos mostly to the actress who is like instantly like you're like oh my goodness like great what a great girl love this girl she's great great character and then it's like oh shit fuck god damn it right like it was (laughs) really really good but yeah right yeah and and so just to state explicitly what you guys are talking about is that you know that she's in a lot of ways is kind of the sarah is kind of the protagonist of that opening segment and she dies at the end of it yeah yeah and i think on some level you could i think like if this were say a movie or something it could have just been a five minute scene and that was actually kind of what i was expecting um and you would sort of understand you know his character motivation but it wouldn't be upsetting or devastating what happens you're just like well i know this guy doesn't have kids doesn't seem to have kids in this post-apocalyptic segment so obviously he's going to lose his family in this early part but then when you're like oh my god we're actually going to spend time with this girl like we're going to see her go about her day we're going to um have her you know it's like really flesh out the relationship with her dad and then <laughs> you see her die it's uh it's really upsetting. And it also, cause it happens in this moment. Cause I'm definitely like getting like gearing myself up being like, well, obviously she's going to die sometime in the next few minutes. This is going to be really tough to watch, but even, but in the scene, it happens so suddenly. And because they, so they're confronted by the soldier and uh, he, it seems like he's gearing up to shoot them, but then they kind of, he gets shot himself and you, you know, his gun went off, but it seems like Joel got out of the way. So it's fine. And then suddenly the camera pans over to her and she's been shot. And yeah. it is just totally shocking, even though I knew that was going to happen at some point. So there's something about it that this yelled at me during the game and during the show, which if I'm holding my child and like, I don't know, I've never been in this situation. Right. But like you're holding your child and someone's pointing a gun at you and the child's in front of you being held. Isn't there a part of you that either puts her down or turns away or does something? I right. feel like most parents instinctually will put themselves between their child and peril almost all the time. You mean instead so of just freezing, essentially? Instead of just freezing. And maybe I don't know because people freeze, right? Like I was mugged and I did all kinds of things that I never would have expected myself to do in that behavior when a gun's pointed at you. So like, you know, you never know. But like. I don't know. It just always seemed weird to me that a Marine of all people, which is what Joe was, he's a former Marine, right. just stands there with the child in between him and the gun. It's just always, I mean, it has to happen. So whatever, no right. need to like pick it apart. But like, yeah, but I mean, she know. could have been shot through him or whatever. Cause he, totally. they made a point of saying like he has a flesh wound, right? Like there's well, and also it's like an AK 47. It's like the kind of thing where like a bullet gets in and you're done. Basically. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, right. and and also that like this soldier is basically is clearly get like at the beginning of that scene, it's all about don't move, don't move, or I'll shoot you. So if you like are like, well, I'm going to turn my back to you. That's right. Right. Saying, right. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. Because that's like you. a slow into it. Because as you at the beginning he has no reason to suspect that they're gonna kill him right like yeah it's, it's the re- like it's the dawning. dawning realization of like oh shit like they i didn't realize they'd gone that far but now i get it they've gone that far right right and i think like that whole lead up that whole first day where she goes to the neighbor's house and she makes megs and she gets her watch fix and all of these things i think that's like super important because if you're playing a video game that you know i mean you go buy last of us as a game and you're like okay this is a zombie 
game and I'm going to be, you know, fighting zombies basically. And again, like to your point, Anthony, like the explanation isn't all that important. You just like ready to get into it. And there are some people I'm sure that bought that game and were like, what the fuck am I watching this kid? <laughs> I don't care. You know, like get me to the zombie part. Right. Um, And we're slowly brought in because Naughty Dog's so good at it. I think for this, like going from if we just go from nothing to basically, you know, uh, the chaos in Austin, you, as a viewer of a television show, that's not good enough, right? Even with the opening, the cold open. Mm -hmm. So I think like the the sirens and the police cars driving by when she's at the watch thing and the radio about Jakarta and mm -hmm. the kind of like, you know, the slow, the the grandma having her like oh the grandma thing infection was like twitch wonderful but also just not mortifying i wanted or needed but i get it and it was great it's just i'm like a little baby so i was like oh no <laughs> well and oh, i no. like i could be reading too much into it and i don't know if it was like a red herring or it was purposeful but there's a point where she's in school and the kid's wrist is flicking and it's oh, flicking yeah. his like gold watch yeah. and i the first time I watched it, I didn't think anything of it. The second time I watched it, I was like, he's infected. I bet he's infected because he's like doing this weird twitch with his yeah. wrist. I think they, they sat on that on purpose. I, th I think I think it was meant to indicate that, that it was like, yeah, this is an... There is, the infection is more widespread than people believe and it's just gonna and like it didn't go zero to 100. I mean, right. it did because it's a quick infection timeline, but like it wasn't just out of nowhere that people were running around with fungus growing out of their mouth, which was also a nice touch. It's very unsettling, mm -hmm. but in the game, it didn't, doesn't feel like that. It feels like human looking people who are acting crazy, but oh, okay. in the show that like fungus growing out of their mouths is like very yeah, right. unsettling, but they but don't linger on it, which is also good. It's like you only see it out of the corner of the eye for like very brief shots, and you're yeah. like, something's wrong. Like, what is what's going what's on? And, and that mouth. makes it more upsetting. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, like I, I mean, as it progresses, it must be nice to have that because you're like, oh, do you have fuzzy mouth or whatever? Like, oh yeah, you're like, you're I can infected. tell you've got a little <laughs> fuzzy no good. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one other thing about that opening sequence is I'm also just sitting there being like, God, why does this? Actress playing Sarah looks so familiar. She looks a lot like Thandy Way Newton. Yeah, Thandy Way yeah. Newton's daughter. And it's her daughter. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. Wow. And her and she looks just like her. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 It's uncanny. So. And but Good she's and she's amazing. I mean, you know. Oh yeah, fantastic. I know we were complaining about nepo babies before, but she she did great. she deserved it. Listen, it's okay. That's how they they pass on their acting ability genetically. That's I think how that works. So. Well, I mean, you gotta. There's a piece of it that's true, right? I have a friend. I have two friends who are both coaches in the NFL, and their dad was a big time NFL executive. And it's like, yeah, part of it is that like you knew somebody who knew somebody, but another part of it is that you like literally grew up listening to your Remember. dad do his job. So right. like, you probably do know more than the average Joe off the street, you know yeah i think that's right um so there's after that early segment and and it really does basically just end as soon but once you realize that sarah's dead it cuts 20 years later and you get to see this post-apocalyptic reality you see joel's life you see his relationship with 
Tess, uh, who's kind of his partner, um, I guess both like business-wise and romantically. And, and then you so see him slowly get getting pulled into um, smuggling Ellie. At first, mm-hmm. it seems to, you know, meet up with these rebels in outside the quarantine zone, but but still not too far away. And I'm assuming that'll eventually lead into this much longer journey. And by the way, who plays Tess? Everyone. Yeah, Anna she's Torf. great, but I don't know who that is. Yeah, Anna Torf from Fringe, the greatest, mm-hmm. one of the greatest shows ever made by anyone ever. I was wondering whether you'd be excited because uh, of Fringe or because she was a secret Canadian. She's not a secret no, she's Canadian. Australian. She's Australian. No, I just Rupert assume Murdoch's that anytime niece. you get excited about some... She's Rupert Murdoch's niece? Yes. Wow. Nepo no, baby. By the way... That's no good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this second kind of half because I think it's important. There are several differences, none of which really matter. I think the only one that matters a little bit is that Tess and Joel aren't romantic or they aren't explicitly romantically involved in the game. And right. they are in this. Yeah. Which is done really subtly and well, which is just her getting in bed and putting her arm around him. It's not like they're like mm-hmm. making out or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like, again, like details. So in the game, they're looking for guns. Robert has double sold guns to, yes. and it's not because there, there's no real clarity around them looking for Tommy in no that's right in the game and th- in this I- one they're looking for Tommy and they need a car battery which does come up later in the game but not in the same timeline yes but I think that I think that's like I I get why they made that choice but I feel like in the game it's maybe it's too much of a leap presented in this way in fiction because or not as sympathetic because Joel is not sympathetic because he's not he doesn't have that like he's not a hopeful person he's not like has a higher cause he's just like trying to get Surviving. by doing yeah. this shitty stuff to get by right totally. um which i mean i think as the series progresses i'm going to be interested to see how they play with that because th- he's definitely much more yeah more, much more sympathetic right away in this one mm-hmm. and part of it is like he still he has these strong family ties whereas in the game I think this is where it's like a bit of a stretch because in the game it's like he would just assume he was dead as would everybody else. Like, yeah, no, and he, I think he did. Yeah, I think right. like when he, you know, whatever, he's surprised to find him alive. I feel like so I, you know, that's a, that's an interesting change. And you're right; it does make him more sympathetic off the bat. You also have to think like the game is doing its job to teach you the mechanics of the game, give you practice levels before the stakes are raised too much, and kind of wade you into actual gameplay. And the show is condensing maybe a couple different logistical gameplay pieces um, to condense. And like part of me understands that because if you divided the game between gameplay and cutscenes. I don't know, Daryl, what do you think? Like 20% cutscenes, 30%? Yeah. Uh I mean probably even less than that, right? It's just the, the way the game passes while you're doing the play is quite just feels very different, right? But Right. Yeah. So like there's only so much to work with there. 
so you have to add on to it but it also feels like they could have dragged i mean i feel like they could have done game one and game two across four seasons and it's feeling like they're framing it up to do two seasons out yeah of those two games right and, and that's essentially what they've said is that their game one is is the first season game two is the second season they're not interested in um going beyond game two right now right Ugh, that's bullshit and that's so dumb there's so much that you could do um and you could have dragged it out a lot but yeah i mean ultimately we cover a lot of ground in that first episode because you definitely don't feel like you're one episode in no. in the game not at all yeah so yeah I, another thing that i just want to bring up while we still have a second is like there are classic pieces of gameplay that feel so iconic to The Last of Us as a franchise that I hope are included in some way in this. So like one is that Joel and Tess and Joel and Ellie do this thing whenever they have to breach a tall thing where like Joel throws them up and then they like pull Joel up and you do yeah. it probably a thousand times in the game. And it's like not a big thing, but like to add that is cool. Or like the way they like stab shiv clickers, you know, hold them up from behind and shiv them. Like just one instance of that would make me really happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I feel like it, that is the kind of thing it will do. It's, it seems like based on this one, they're very cognizant that there are those things that, our fan service that they want to provide but that also just make a ton of sense in the world so they're going to do them once and move on and it's like if you pick it up that's great and for people for whom that wasn't like part of their experience it's still exactly what you would expect out of the game right like, right or out of the, or out the, of the show yeah, yeah the real re reality or whatever yeah i mean it is really striking to me just the fact that we're talking about it in terms of the deviations from the game in terms of you can really point to like, oh, like this part was like it. And then they followed it, but then they did this one thing different. And when it was like this, and then they kind of compressed it a little bit. Cause I think that the standard way that most movies have adapted games is you would expect. And what I expect it to be true in this case is like, okay, great. You take the same basic idea. You take the same basic characters. Maybe you kind of end in the same place and have some of the same story beats. But fundamentally, you're like making a whole bunch of shit up. And instead, it seems like for at least for this first episode and, and for what I understand will be large stretches of the rest of the season, they're basically doing the same, like, you know, same dialogue, sometimes even the same imagery, same shots as the game. And, and so that sort of points to this idea that part of the reason there haven't been uh, good video game movies before this is because they just were picking the wrong things to adapt. Yes, because absolutely. Yeah. You couldn't, you could like, you couldn't adapt <laughs> Mario brothers in the same way. You couldn't adapt doom in the same way, or even like a more modern game that I've played, like the Spider-Man game. If you tried to make a Spider-Man movie that did the same story with the Spider-Man game, it'd be like insanely repetitive and baffling. Yeah. Um, Cause there's all these like weird fetch quests and, and, and things that, that don't make sense outside the context of a game. Well, it'd be way too expansive and all over the place too. Right. But right. Know. Right. And it's too episodic. Um, so the fact that they picked a game where it's like, yeah, why don't we just turn, you know, basically we have enough material. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So good, good job brilliant. guys. Yeah. They're yeah. incredibly faithful. I, I wonder how 
to what extent that faithfulness remains um you know but i think i mean it's weird to say but like i'm so excited for season two because there's so many absolutely the cut scenes in season two season two are you know game two is like even arguably more cinematic than game one and so there's a lot there now was neil Druckmann involved in um the other ones you know uh treasure hunter man uncharted uncharted he was involved in the first uncharted game i think um co-lead game designer for uncharted 2 among thieves right uh yeah i guess he's known for both because like i mean it's so that's just like a fun experiment is to go watch the uncharted movie (laughs) and then watch this (laughs) right which the difference being uh, that neil Druckmann is not involved in the uncharted movie and he is involved very very involved in this so right but the yeah the movie is just but i think that's a good example of what we've just been talking about whereas like it's not about the adaptation it's about the the source material like uncharted was never going to translate into a, a compelling movie especially a faithful and it's, yeah essentially the last of us is like as if it was, it's a it's a work of fiction and like an artful story first and then just happens to also be a fantastic game right um but yeah i think that's well, the key that's the key ingredient there well, if you have seen the first episode of The Last of Us and you have thoughts you want to share, you can shoot us an email, originalcontentpod at gmail.com. That's originalcontentpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Original Content. And we always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choosing. Thank you so much for listening. Daryl and Jordan, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. When you're feeling lost in the darkness, just look for the light. That's right graffiti.